TGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 657, recorded on July 25th, 657th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 490th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Jack. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from the around gaming industry. No gaming flashback. Um, I would just like to point out that we're at 490 now, so there's sort of a countdown going on. Yep. So... Closing, the, closing in on the big 500. Yep, for a video game roundtable, which is the original podcast before it was merged with the TD Gaming Podcast. So yeah, I've been doing this thing for almost 500 episodes, not including special episodes. Making me wonder what I did wrong with my life. <laughs> it takes a lot of... Um, uh, it takes a lot of uh, 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 regular desire and getting into a habit do a podcast for almost 500 times <laughs> mm-hmm. and work on another podcast for over 650 times but enough navel gazing uh, let's talk about what we've been playing i will start i haven't played anything new um but there are two games i want to talk about uh one of them is stray uh, which is a cat about a cat and the other one is about is called endling which is about a fox and um, have you heard of either game? Yes, I've actually yes. played a bit of Stray. So here's the thing about Stray. Um, I heard that the people really do not like the ending. Hmm. I, I heard there's a bit of a bait and switch where you're you're supposed to be playing as a cat for a little while, but then you start controlling a robot and shooting up stuff. So yeah. it kind of like switches between the two. And a lot of people just wanted to be about a cat who's uh, taking their kittens and teaching them how to live in this world. Yeah. Endling, Extinction is Forever, and right there in the title, you can say this is going to be one pig positive romp, uh, is a similar game, except it's also roguelike in a way, because um, you're there with your kittens. I think – did he, do foxes call their – I think they call their, their their babies kittens, right? Kits. Yeah, kits, right. Um, and she's looking for one that was kidnapped. And if you don't play well, each one dies one by one. And there's not coming back. This is not video game lives. When your kits die, that's it. And what's really heartbreaking is that um, you as the fox will react realistically to them, you know, like nudging their dead body and stuff like that. Oh, that is that is pretty dark. But it's it, it should be dark, but it's actually kind of uplifting when you play it. Um, and the subtitle Extinction is Forever. It's more refer- referring to humans than than the foxes. So uh, just watch some gameplay videos of Endling, and that's the next game I plan to play. Hmm. Have either of you seen Endling? 
I have no, not. That one I haven't. Okay, it's it's a shortish game, but it's only only thirty dollars. So, but it's gotten rave rave reviews. You got to You got to check. You got to check it out, or at least watch videos of it. Uh, what have you been playing, TJ? I've been playing the heck out of multi multiverses. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, multiverses. Um, the one thing that that I'm confused by is why is Tom and Jerry there? Um, it's all WB characters. Who those, those are not those are not Looney Tunes characters. Tom and Jerry were were Chuck uh, Chuck Jones. Uh, let's see. They were not Looney Tunes. they are Merry Melodies. Who owns Tom and Jerry right now? Well, uh, I can answer that right now. They were purchased by um. By uh, by uh, uh, Ted Turner, but they were Merry Mel- Melodies, and they were never a part of the Looney Tunes uh, cir- uh, circle. Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies were two different things. Sure, but it's not just Looney Tunes; it's uh, it's all WBIP. Well, it eventually became all WBIP, but the point is, Tom and Jerry never interacted with Daffy Duck or or, or Bugs Bunny or any of those other characters. Well, sure, but neither did Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, but she's still in the game. Yeah, but you see, the thing <laughs> is that we're talking about cartoon characters. I mean, it it makes me realize just how vast WB's empire is to have all of these things in one place. Actually, and I'm it's, wrong. What's up? No, actually, I'm, 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 I'm actually wrong. Um, Mary Melodies was a part of Warner Brothers starting in 1931. But they never interacted with Looney Tunes. Yeah, but but the point is is that all of it is now all of it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Tom and Jerry were not Merry Melodies. Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> You're gonna I, confused. You're confusing yourself too much. I know. It's not that it's Looney Tunes. It's that it's all. WB. Oh yeah. No, Tom and Jerry were MGM. No, but they're owned by WB now. Now they're owned by WB, and they. You know what? You know what WB did to them? They put them in some really bad movies. Yeah, but they also put them in multiverses, so it kind of works out. When did they acquire? So, Hanna <laughs> Barbera owned them first, right? And wait, if that's the case, why aren't there any other Hanna Barbera characters? There are a lot of Hanna Barbera characters. Oh, okay. Um, so, oh, wait, Warner Brothers bought them in two thousand six. Uh, Scoob- like Shaggy, Scooby Doo, Velma, those are Hanna Barbera characters technically. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying Warner Brothers bought them in 2006. Yeah. So the so the connecting thread here is that every single one of these characters is is owned by the WB pro- uh, Empire. No, no, no. The the one connecting thing is that almost all of those characters were voiced by Mel Blanc. <laughs> um. It is that they're owned by uh, WB, though, which is why you have things like Tom and Jerry, you have Bugs Bunny, you have the Iron Giant, you have Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah. You have LeBron James from the Space Jam movie because he was in the Space Jam movie. Right, so... And then you Tom, have Rick and Morty coming to the game. Uh, so, yeah, Tom's screams were done by William Hanna. So. Yeah. Tom's scream. Everybody... Anyway, anyways, multiverses is fun. It's the it's the most competent Smash Bros like game that I've played in since Smash Bros. 
to be honest. It's uh it's inter- it's nice to see somebody make a game like this that actually puts some that actually puts some effort and talent behind it that's not Nintendo. Because the game itself, like, it's it's competent. Like in a way that I wish Nickelodeon All Star Brawl had been. Um, the characters are all voiced for the most part. They're actually voiced by like iconic voice actors that played them. Like, uh, Kevin Conroy plays Batman. Uh, the gal that always plays, uh, that always plays, uh, Harley Quinn in the animated shows. Harley Sorkin, Harley Quinn here. I think. Um, well, you have Matthew, Porky. You have, what? Well, go ahead. Matthew Lillard from, uh, from the live oh, Shaggy. movies plays Shaggy. Right. Uh, you have Steven uh, Universe. You have uh, you have Finn. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh wait, I wonder if I wonder if uh, uh, Vin Diesel does the Iron Giant then. He doesn't, unfortunately. Well, it's not that hard to do anyway. Yeah. But, so uh, here's the thing: if you're gonna have these characters, then you know all you have to do is look at Laugh Olympics, look at Laugh Olympics and uh, Crazy Races, and you'll see plenty of new characters to put in there. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a vast array of characters that you go with. I would personally like to see the Animaniacs make it in. Uh, I would oh, like yeah. to see Freakazoid. That would be an outlier, but I would like to see it. If we're ever going to have things like Iron Giant and Rick and Morty, I would like to have Freakazoid. But like sky's the limit kind of here. The, the, WB has a lot of characters. As I said, didn't work with. Here's the thing. Yeah, you can have Yogi Berra. You can have. Uh, uh, Dick Dastardly. You can have, have Muttley. <laughs> you know Muttley, the one, the dog with a laugh. I can, I can never do that laugh. I can. Other people can do the laugh. I can't do that laugh. <laughs> you could have, uh, you could have uh, straight up like, like Dick Dastardly, like you said, but also like straight up uh, uh, Paul Atreides, because Dune is also owned by WB. Well, you know that Elmer Fudd will have to come in or somehow. And sure. I think Porky is – is Porky already in there? No, he's not. He's not yet. Daffy Duck has to be in there at some point. That would make no sense for him to not be there. Okay. In any case, the game is fun, though. Like, I, I like the I like the weight. I like the, the quality. I like the actual gameplay. I play a character my, – my favorite character to play so far isn't even from, like, the WB Canonical Universe. It's fucking Rain Dog, who is, like, an original character main for this game. Yeah, it is yeah. exactly what it sounds like. It's a he's goofy-looking. He's a, he's a cyan dog. He's, 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 he's blue-green. Mm-hmm. And he's fun. Like, uh, I just – like, his whole, his whole game plan is just – he launches, like, persistent projectiles that – like a fireball that, like, just sits on the stage and, and burns anyone who walks through it. A uh, crystal that shoots down lightning that will damage enemies and power up your attacks. So here's the thing. Um, if you ever go to the roster, you'll see these little, um, these little logos next to them. Like, some will have fists next to them. Some have little uh, uh, daggers, some have uh, uh, halos and wings, some have shields, some have meteors. So I'm guessing each of them have their own different, their different archetypes. Like the Iron Giant is a shield, mm-hmm. and so is Superman. The Iron Giant has a interesting thing in which uh, it has like a, a a meter where if it fills its meter, it will go into a powered up state, like which is its which is its combat state from the movie. And not only that, but like if you, in this game, like teamwork is very much pushed. So like a lot of characters have supporting abilities or like teamwork no. abilities. Yeah. Like Batman has a fist and, and Wonder Woman has a shield. 
And Iron Giants is that when he's in in that empowered state, the other your teammate can jump into Iron Giant and pl- and pilot him and make him stronger. <laughs> okay. Velma has a little uh, halo and wings. So yeah. Um, so like they they've done a good job of implementing the characters in this game so far. I'm interested. Taz Taz the Tasmanian Devil is a little bit OP. He has like a spin attack that's kind of hard to get around and overpowers a lot of the other characters. So we'll see if they balance that out. But I'm really happy with the way that this game has turned out so far. So this is an early access, we should say. Mm-hmm. And they're actually selling uh, Founders Packs already. Yes, that is correct. So like, but, uh, uh, It's a good game. Like I, I, I would suggest... It, it's going to be in open beta starting tomorrow, and I would suggest anyone who likes Smash Brothers check it, give it a check. It's a free to play game, so like you don't pay anything yeah. to get in and see what it's about. But you do have uh, its own currency, Gleniums. Um, but on the other hand, you know if this is the sort of character that you enjoy, you know. Uh, but here's the thing: you have to unlock these characters, though. You get character tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Founders Packs will let you just buy up the characters, but you can also just earn your way to them with uh, in-game currency gold, and it's pretty easy to earn gold in-game. Like I said, you know, it's 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 a great concept, um, and again, you're you're talking about a series that uh, you know has an infinite number of characters to choose from, you know. And remember, this is the same. Remember, this is the same thing that uh, Lego. Uh, remember the Lego. Uh, Toy, uh, collect, uh, toys to Life did, you know, I'm willing to bet you anything that you'll have characters like the Ghostbusters popping in, even though they're not w, uh, WB, right? Yeah. I mean, hell, you have the same thing happening with Smash Brothers. I mean, what does, uh, what does Minecraft have anything to do with uh, any Nintendo characters? <laughs> yeah, there's that is an interesting thing is that there's a lot of partnerships for Nintendo with Smash Brothers. WB is specifically WB properties of which there is a lot. And you know they can always go say, hey Paramount, can we borrow you some of your characters? <laughs> you know, like I said, um, Nintendo tends to deal with video game characters, right? For for Smash Brothers, they don't usually go outside of that, which means. I'm pretty sure that uh, Warner Brothers will have the run, uh, you know, of video. Uh, what's it called? Uh, movie characters like Jurassic Park or Back to the Future. I mean, you can if you have. Hey, if you have Rick and Morty, why not have Doc Brown and and and, and Marty? <laughs> now imagine them fighting each other. I mean, the funny thing about it is that it's possible. Like you could you could have that happen. Anyways, that's, and that's the thing. Like that's, I think that's kind of what puts this a, a step above a lot of the clones is that I is that WB already has such a sizable amount of IP to pick from, and then Player First has done a good job of actually creating a game that feels fun to play. It doesn't yeah. feel cheap or chintzy. It doesn't feel like a, a crappy cash in. It actually feels like a well thought out, well designed game. Well, if you're gonna take on uh, Super Mario Brothers. And here's the thing. Um, yes, it's going to be on Nintendo, you know, so there will be competition there. But here's the thing. When Microsoft, I don't know how many games Microsoft has done, but I do know about the PlayStation All-Stars. 
if you're going to do a game like PlayStation All-Stars, you better do it right or not at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to figure that. I wonder if, um, yeah, so the other thing I think you failed to, uh, failed to mention is that a lot of these characters will have their own outfits, too, and multiple outfits. Like uh, with Tom and Jerry, you'll see maybe Tom and Jerry in their Western outfits or Tom and Jerry in their pirate outfits, you know, so it's not just restricted to those characters. You'll have, um, you know, in-game uh, uh, changes of outfits, like like you have in Injustice 2. Yeah, and in some cases, they straight up change the personality of the characters. Like, uh, Shaggy has, like, this gentleman attire, and it straight up changes up his voice lines, so he sounds all... He, like, actually has all this, this stuffy... Uh, rich guy persona as opposed to his normal voice lines and i really think that's cool that they did that like i'm interested to see how they do that with other character skins and stuff so so if you want the founders pack the premium founders pack the a plus founders pack it's going to cost 100 bucks which is going to get you all 30 initial characters plus a bunch of gleamium and some other stuff as well so if 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 you really think that this game is going to fly, and like I said, you know it's free to play for now, but um, if you really want to get you know the entire, if you really want to be ready, then yeah. So, anyways, it does look good, um, and it'll be interesting to see where this game is a year from now. Yeah, for sure. Like when this uh, this game already has, uh, I read about this today, uh, multiverses is hands down the most played fighter on PC and like it's far and away. The closest thing to it has been Mortal Kombat 11 in its prime, which got to 35,000 uh, concurrent players on steam during this beta alone. Multiverses reached a peak of over 60,000, which for a fighting game is absurd. And I do think that there's some factors there, such as the game being free to play and the characters being widespread and popular. Um, but I also just think that it's a well-designed game that people just want to check out and it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves once it launch, once it officially launches. So how about you, Scott? What have you been playing? I've been playing live a live. Uh, it has, uh, seven characters with seven separate stories set in seven different, uh, time eras. You have the prehistory, the uh, Edo, uh, Japan, Imperial China, the Old West, the present day, the near future, and then the far future. And uh, so far, I've played the near future, which is a character that has uh, the ability to read minds. And uh, he's an orphan. And um, so, he, you know, lived in an orphanage and trying to figure out uh I guess what he wants to do or whatever, you know, what to do with his, his ability. Um, and it's a turn-based game, uh, pixel based with the 2D, uh, the 2.5D HT graphics. Uh, it has nice music. Um, as you play the chapters, it unlocks a jukebox where you can go back and listen to the different music of, uh, the different eras that you played. Um, have you seen this game, TJ? Which game? Live a Live. Oh, yeah. It's like a precursor to Saga Frontier in a lot of ways. Yeah, 
yeah, it is. That's that's a, yeah, it's definitely the vibe I got as I started playing this. Um, I also played the prehistory um, where your character that can uh, they don't have spoken language, so there's a bunch of grunting and pointing and uh, using little symbols and stuff so like you know kind of noises. Um, uh, we should mention that. <laughs> This game first came out in 1994, but it was never outside of Japan until now, yeah. until a few days ago. So we just got it, basically, and uh, it's it's a really nice game so far. I'm enjoying it, and I'm really glad that it came west finally, you know, officially, and you know, just uh, enjoying it for the you know its time. Um, I've only done, like I said. Uh, played one chapter fully and now I'm playing a second one. Um, see what happens when I play all of them. Yeah, um, used to be on the SNES in Japan, oh, Super Famicom, and uh, they bumped up the graphics, so it looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a Super Famicom game with uh, uh, with oh, damn, what do they call it again? Uh, tr- ray trace lighting, ray trace lighting. Yeah, it, it, they did a really good job with the whole. Uh, uh, you know, that whole they, 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 Square Enix is really loving the whole 2.5 HD graphics and they making it work really well uh, on the Switch. Anyways, um, we're going to move on to quick news first. Um, Robert, Al- Robert Allen Koenigke, uh, creator of the influential roguelike Moria, died. Um, I don't know if any of you played the original Moria. Um <laughs> For those who don't know Moria, it's the first roguelike, um, and actually, the reason why it's called a roguelike is because the other version of Moria was called Rogue, and basically used ASCII characters, and I'm going to tell you something, when you saw a capital D walking towards you, you pissed your pants, or even a lowercase d. That was that was terrifying. And a lot of times, if you didn't have any uh, scrolls, you know, oh, what does this potion do? Well, well, let me just drink it and find out. Have you... Have you ever seen Moria or Rogue? I even have not. What? You've got to be kidding me. Everybody knows Moria, especially when they see what it looks like. It's one of the first computer games. It's one of the Vax VMS systems. It was the reason why I had uh, straight zeros at RIT because I kept on playing Moria and didn't do any. It didn't go to any classes at all, and I just part of it was I feel I was, like I was I've seen it. games that that were built upon the systems that I'm seeing here. Oh I, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's uh, you a can name for this kind of game, isn't it? Like there's a roguelike. Kind. Yes. No, no, no. It's a roguelike. No, no, not roguelike. There's a different name for this kind of specific game. ASCII roguelike. Uh, A-S-C-I-I, which refers to the uh, characters. Um, I was thinking of mud. Oh no, no, it's not a multi-user dungeon. No, 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 no. It looks like that, that, though. It re- it reminds me of games that were like probably based on this style of. I'm gonna tell you something. There are sites to play Moria now, you know, but it's it. And I'm gonna tell you something. Even with just ASCII characters, it'll suck you in. It it still has it. This this is about as basic a game as you can get, and it is so deep. Hmm. It looks and interesting. Again, this is where the term, ro- uh, well, it's called a roguelike because it was rogue. I do remember rogue? 
games like this. I didn't remember the name more yet, but I do remember games like this. Uh, Rogue, yeah. As a matter of fact, Epic's released Rogue on the Commodore 64. Um, this, uh, this is a game, and it's one of those games that delights in your death, by the way. So... I have never, I have never completed a game of, Ro- of Moria or Rogue ever in my life, but it was still fun, and it was fun somehow building up your character, and then they all, all of a sudden die because you did something incredibly stupid. But yeah, um, Rogue is still great, is really some great playing. Uh, next, uh, FIFA 23 will not have Russian teams, EA confirms, which is kind of obvious, but. Uh, they just announced today that they managed to grab one of the biggest Italian, uh, Italian teams, which was exclusive to Konami, to FIFA 23, um, which tells you how far uh, Konami has fallen. And again, we must note this is going to be the last game that's called FIFA because EA is losing, is dumping the license after this year. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> so like this is uh this is a weird send off year for FIFA and I wonder if it's going to be like I wonder if it's going to I mean ultimately EA is probably going to stuff it full of loot boxes and ultimate team stuff as they usually do but I really kind of wonder about what the gameplay will be like if it's any good or if it, or if they just kind of cash out this year and then move on no, they're going to be making a soccer game of their own. And you know what? I say good for EA, because fuck FIFA. Yeah. Fuck them. You you want to you complain about EA being this and that? And you're like, no, 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 no. They are small potatoes compared to how corrupt FIFA is. And I'm just going to say fuck FIFA in the ass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they're a pretty shitty, shoddy company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Minecraft bans NFTs. Epic's Tim Sweeney won't, uh, according to Epic, uh, CEO Epic Games. T, uh, Epic Games CEO T- Tim Sweeney, he's not going to has no intention of banning NFTs. Web3 developers. Uh, Minecraft uh, has a very good reason not to have NFTs in it because uh, they will bring your game down, and you do not want. And one of the recent news is that um, one of the NFTs who wanted to bring Minecraft to uh, NFTs to Minecraft said, "We'll make our own version of Minecraft." Yeah, good luck, fellas. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with your with your NFT Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad that that did not uh, come to fruition, and they decided to ban that for the time being because uh, it's just, I, it, you know, it's like. Minecraft just doesn't need it. I don't think that any any useful um, thing has well, come about. Let's talk about what they said. Why they're not gonna uh, why they're not gonna do it from for the obvious reasons. Um, for one thing, uh, Minecraft is a game. It's not a job. You know, and they don't want the stock market in their game. Um, the other thing is that it's gonna distort the game because you'll have people flooding with NFTs and you know and blockchain technology in your in your maps and all that stuff and um, you know they don't want NFT items and persona items and mods in the game so it's it's just not a part of Minecraft which I might remind has a lot of six seven eight year olds playing and it's like bringing NFTs into Roblox 
Yeah, and like, I'm not convinced that Web3 and NFTs are entirely bad. I just, Anything can be good if it's done right. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And I think that we're we're seeing a lot of experimentation. We're seeing a lot of poor and – and there's going to be, obviously, failures in that regard. But I think eventually, like, there could be some value to come from NFTs and Web3 design. It's just like free-to-play. Free free-to-play is a dirty word to a lot of people. And – that said, there there are at least four games that I have in my library right now that I play free on a frequent basis that are free to play, and some of them I've spent money on, and some of them I haven't. And oh, I have. A, yeah, I do. Um, I have a. Go ahead, go ahead, Scott. Path of Exile, I think, is a good example of a free to play game that doesn't really pressure you into buying. <laughs> Uh, it's Diablo. I mean, it's just Diablo, yeah, it's but Diablo, but it's it's a free Diablo, you know, if you want. Well, I and mean, here's a th- go ahead. Buy any stat boosting or level boosting stuff. I don't think there is any. It's, it's all just cosmetic stuff. Um, sure, you can expand your chest, but it's like well, you, you don't have to. I have a I have a free to play Yahtzee game that I do have a, a subscription for. That's seven dollars a month, and the reason for that is I enjoy it. And I don't mind spending that seven dollars a month to have the bonuses that it comes with. Right. You know, you're, you're at some point I'm going to pull out. I mean, right. here's the thing: one of the most important things about um, free-to-play games is that you do not have the FOMO, you know, or the sunk cost fallacy. I mean, I used to play a metric fuck ton of Cooking Dash, and I spent money on that, but I don't play it anymore because there's no new levels, and it's not like, oh, I spent this amount of money. I'm willing to bet you I spent hundreds of dollars on that game. It's like, okay, well, that was $100 spent, well, well spent because I enjoyed myself, and I'm done. And you're not going to get any more of my money. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'll admit that I play – I even play some free-to-play games that are just chock full of advertisements trying to get you to buy a thing or two. Oh, God. I'm playing a game called Zen uh, Match, and I do not have subscription, and my God, they – they fly, the advertisements are almost constant. And I've learned how to get through them quickly, but it's like, yeah, you're, you're not helping me enjoy this game by flaunting those advertisements in my face. <laughs> For me, it's uh, Pokemon Unite is one I go back to frequently, and I have oh. never and I have never spent a dollar on that game, but it is chock full of like, hey, if you buy this, you'll get this, or if you want to do this, it'll be a bonus for this, or and I'm just like, nah. And yeah. I still play it, and I still do well at it. I've I've actually ranked up to like the top rank of the game several seasons in a row. But like, I have never spent a dollar on that game, and I probably never will. And here's the thing, you know, you here's it's very thinly veiled gambling, right? And I, but I'm an adult, and I know when to stop. You know, I, at some point, I'll probably stop playing Yahtzee and stop paying them seven dollars a month. But right now, I'm enjoying myself, and I've met a lot of new people. Because uh, the, the Yahtzee game is very social. You belong to a clan and you chat with them and just, you know, help you. Everybody helps do these things so they can get more and more dice and stuff like that. Um, Cooking Dash, you know, I had a lot of fun with. But once it stopped improving, I said, you know, I'm not going to. That's it. I'm done. Bye. Goodbye. I, I, I spent a couple hundred dollars on you, but bye. Yeah. And. 
I mean, that's the, and ultimately that's what I mean is that like free to play and microtransactions have been a dirty word. And I think there's still a stigma around them a little bit, but the, the free to play scene has also kind of exploded with a lot of games that are actually pretty fun to play. And I think that in time, NFTs and web three can find a similar state where there's probably always going to be some form of predatory, uh, practice in there and, and I'm gonna, people looking to make a quick buck i'm gonna give you a dirty things. little secret here i'm gonna give you a dirty little secret the mobile diablo game yeah. is about as close as you're gonna get to a diablo mmo and it is really really good the problem is is that it is so predatory that it turns everybody off I'm hoping at some point when Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, they took a, take a look at the game and you say, you know what, we're going to fix this. We're going to make it less predatory. We're going to make it more like Fallout 76 in terms of, you know, what you can get from it and just make it more welcoming because that game is really, really good. And I feel really bad for the developers because they made an excellent game and it is being brought down by the shit they're forced to include in it. Yeah, the... The end game stuff is just ridiculous in that game. How much you have to rely on chance to get anything that you're looking for. And like people have even compared it to stuff like Genshin Impact, but even when you put it up against Genshin Impact, even Genshin Impact is less predatory than Diablo Immortals. You want to call it less predatory or or less whorish? (laughs) I mean, either one. Genshin Impact is a straight-up gotcha game. The whole point of Genshin Impact is rolling for random stuff. And it's still less predatory and more rewarding than uh, Diablo Immortals. Uh, Neopets Hacker steals 69 million accounts and tries to sell them for Bitcoin. Uh, this is a game platform announced that is currently investigating the breach. Have we ever talked about Neopets? I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't I don't think I have. Neopets is the original Tamagotchi and... and um, the original collector's game, like um, if you have a Neopet with a regular name like Steve or Bob or anything like you are looked at as a god because you can't have any duplicate names, which means there are millions and millions and millions of Neopets out there. So you know, hey, have really weird names like XXX, Neopets, and if anything, XYZZZYYXXX, you know, those sort of kind of ridiculous names. So, yeah, uh, speaking of NFTs, uh, this is the reason why they're too closely connected to Bitcoins, which are worthless. They're worthless, folks. Hmm. Yeah, I used to have uh, Neopet long, long time ago. Um, man, I, I don't even remember what my login for it is. <laughs> <laughs> there was There was a controversy because people would be um, selling Neopets and – and all that stuff because uh, Neopets got really into the collector thing, and people started to steal them. I got bored of them because I didn't feel like there was any point to them. It, there was no risk, you know. Like well, they're intended for kids. I know. It, it, yeah, they're they're intended they were, for kids, and I guess that's just yeah. It, and then the adults just distorted them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings Dolphin has been delayed by a few months. It looks like data like stealth action take on Lord of the Rings could slip out of 2022 video game release calendar. Um, did any of you see the gameplay trailer for, for Gollum? No. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yes. It looks kind of, it looks kind of good. I have been <laughs> highly interested in this game ever since they first showed it. 
I, uh, I will I will say though, you know, the fact that you want to play this game and you haven't played the uh, the Shadows over games, Lord of the Rings with Talion yet, just makes me shake my head. He I can be a tunic either. I can be a warrior and elf in any old fantasy fiction, but I can't no, be an updated uh, stringy troll man in uh, most games. Here's the thing. Um <laughs> Those two Lord of the Rings games are really, really, really well written. Yeah, I know. And I, I replay them like I would a book. I am well aware of how much everybody loves uh, the the Lord of the Rings uh, Shadow games. However, because yeah. we've seen some bad ones, okay. And yeah. here's the thing: Lord of the Rings Gollum. And the reason why I'm saying this is it looks like it takes a lot of cues from those two games. It, it takes also, a lot of cues. And also, t- it looks like it takes a ton, a ton of cues from Thief. But so does the other two games. The uh, two Shadows Over games uh, take uh, Batman Arkham and uh, Thief and um, Lord of the Rings and have a really sexy baby. And then add Nemesis, uh, nemesis to them. Uh, that's one thing. Star uh, Gollum. Well, no. What are you talking about? Of course, they they both star Gollum. You don't play as Gollum, but he appears in both games, and he has a very he has I a vital role in both. In, I said stars. Oh, I mean, Gollum gets Gollum gets top billing. I mean, the Frodo of his own game. Here's the thing: Gollum is the second build in the first game, um, and give him credit, <laughs> Ratbag became more popular than Gollum in that game because Ratbag is such a great character. But they just couldn't kill him off, and they had him appear in the second game because he just got he got brained by by Sauron. But you know, it's just a love tap to an orc. But he's not Gollum, is he? Uh, I'm gonna say this: you uh, you have to experience Ratbag. <laughs> you have to experience Ratbag. Uh, you cannot you cannot co- compare Gollum and Ratbag until you actually deal with Ratbag in both games, especially the first game and especially the second game. I want to play Gollum. <laughs> Okay, but you know what? And what's funny is that um, the way uh, Gollum deals with Celebrimbor is just funny because he calls him the bright, the bright light. It still amazes me that that a pitch for a game just starring Gollum of all creatures made it all the way through, and and like this is happening. This is a full on game. But here's the thing, you know. You know what's also nice about this game? I don't know if you've noticed it, but the Gollum in this game is not based on the Andy Serkis Gollum from the movies. Right. He looks more like a dilapidated hobbit than the other ones. You know, some hair, some he's thin and all that stuff, but he's more like a he's more hobbit like than than the other Gollums have been. Mm-hmm. I uh I like what I've seen so far. Like the platforming looks like it's gonna be fun. The, the decision-making between his two egos is going to be interesting. I, I, I just I want to I want to see the Daedalic stick, the landing on this. I'm willing to bet you I know why it's being delayed. Uh, because they wanted to run an Xbox One and PS4. Ah. They don't want a cyberpunk situation. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to main game news. Go ahead, TJ. Alrighty. Twitch banned streamer after she openly discusses her online abuse from Shack News. Twitch is no stranger to controversial bans, with one particularly egregious example being that of streamer Clara Keffel's Sorrenti. 
As reported by outlets like Kotaku, Sorrenti received a ban on Twitch after attempting to share examples of some of the abuse she has received on the platform during a, leaf, or a recent live stream. Sorrenti later appealed the ban, but Twitch was not swayed, and a ban of 28 days remains in place regardless of the context behind the situation. Quote, my contact got mass reported before I even started, and I'm banned from Twitch. I'll do the stream on YouTube ex- instead. You can't fucking stop me, Sorrenti wrote on Twitter. Twitch banned me, one of their biggest transgender streamers, from their website for openly talking about the abuse they receive. I do not understand how they managed to fuck up so badly. In another tweet, Sorrenti noticed, er, noted, Twitch rejected my appeal. I am banned for another 28 days for displaying a list of hateful slurs that were actually hurled at me by bigots in order to illustrate the kind of harassment I received for being openly trans Twitter, an openly trans Twitter streamer. I have never been this disappointed. As for why Sorrenti was banned in the first place, the reason cited was for repeatful hateful slurs or symbols, which existed in the live stream's thumbnail and were in reference to past comments directed towards her. Among the subject matter planned for the stream was also how individuals, like the controversial political streamer Stephen Destiny Bonnell, have been actively weaponizing their supporters on Kiwi Farms to harass her. In order to get this information out, as originally intended, Sorrenti has re-edited the stream and posted it to YouTube with the title referencing streamer Destiny and his Kiwi Farms connections. The, the video is watchable to mem- members of her YouTube channel and helps provide further clarification on the situation. I don't think civility politic, politics works when I'm engaging with people who don't even view me as human. Sorrenti, or Sorrenti is quoted in the Washington Post article. To learn more about Sorrenti, or sorry, to learn more about Sorrenti, the full article. Okay, yeah. Overall, it'll be interesting to see over the next 28 days whether Twitch has a change of heart or reverses the ban, or if they continue to uphold it despite the context, especially for others who may be considering sharing their stories of similar harassment they received as well. Uh, up to date? No, they have not. Yeah, Twitch fucked up big on this. This is like that platform already has had like several major uh, harassment campaigns going throughout the last few years. And to punish somebody who's actually on the receiving end of this for sharing that they've been on the receiving end of this is just the stupidest bullshit. Is this because well, of automated uh, moderating? No, no. They were. She was reported by by the racists. Um, you know, I, I just want to note that September 1st is not that far away. Mm-hmm. I think this is why, yeah, the, the, the issues with the whole banning on Minecraft is is kind of the same here where somebody can just do this, abuse uh, the reporting uh, system. It really sucks. And and these companies get so big that they don't really seem to care if something like this happens. They just... Well, this is a case of both sides I guess, in which they're just using a broad hammer yeah. saying, no one can use it. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Because people use it. In the context of the situation in which in which she is literally describing the the uh, the harassment and using the words of her abusers to describe the harassment itself, that's fucking bullshit. And somebody at Twitch knows it's bullshit and they went ahead with it anyways. Or if they again, don't know it's bullshit, then they're fucking stupid. Again, there is always a Twitch walkout. 
Yeah. It's it's just fucking absurd. I can't believe that like I can't believe they doubled down. Like after the appeal, they they doubled down on it after the appeal and decided, yes, we were correct to do this. Why? I would love to know the reasoning behind that. I wish Mixer was back. I may yeah. be the only person who wishes Mixer was back, but I wish Mixer was back. <laughs> Mixer was cool, damn it. Twitch is losing some of its best too because of the the lack of care for this bullshit. Like people, the bit their bigger performers are moving over to YouTube because YouTube is easier to deal with. And I'm not saying that YouTube is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Google has a whole bunch of its own problems. But Twitch, Twitch is just floundering at every corner of like its own, its own curation. It's, uh, it's support of its, of its, uh, of its streamers. It's support of various diversity among streamers. It flounders on all of this shit. And then like it, and then they have the goal to do, be like, by the way, we're reducing the cut that streamers get from, uh, our services. <laughs> So, like, if you're not at the top of the food chain in Twitch anymore, right now, you're probably not you're probably not getting much out of the platform. And so they've had quite a few performers leave and take deals with the likes of like YouTube gaming or Facebook gaming and other groups that are that are out there in the field competing now. I don't know. I just wish. Mixer was still around. Yeah. And I had to transfer my account to Facebook, and I tried. It's not quite the same. The only thing Facebook is good for is uh, streaming uh, whatever I do on VR, on the Oculus, or the MetaQuest, too. Yeah. I can't wait. Like, somebody shouldn't have to be punished just for being themselves and trying to stream. Yeah. I This is a side note, but I can't wait for the MetaQuest 3. I just want to see what that's all about. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, my only real complaint with the MetaQuest 2 is that it's heavy and it's relatively low res, and the new one is supposed to be lighter and really nice high res. Because mm-hmm. normally I would get a, you know, something like a, a, oh, damn, what is it called again? Oh, God, I'm going to freeze my brain trying to think of it, uh, what the name of the, uh, oh, anyways, you know, one of the other ones that require a lot more setup but are, Higher re- resolution. Uh, go ahead. Uh, oh, actually, this is me. Uh, no Man's Sky Endurance update adds new missions, bridge, and vast bases. And this comes from PC Games N. No Man's Sky has a new update named Endurance is transforming the space RPG once again by adding a host of visual, mechanical, and quality of life changes, including bigger bases, new Nexus, uh, Nexus missions, and a fresh expedition called Polestar. You can add portholes and windows and externally mounted observation decks to your ships, allowing you to bask in the universe from the comfort of your freighter. There are some new atmosphere elements in the form of interstellar black holes and nebulae, and asteroid fields are now a lot denser, which makes no sense, by the way. That's not how asteroids work, uh, with thousands of drifting deadly rocks appear, uh, able to appear at once on, on screen. Uh, more significant is the upgrade, overhauled bridge system, which allows for instant access to teleportation and warping. You can also view and analyze planets from space, and freighters themselves can now be constructed on a much larger scale with similarly themed areas to focus on manufacturing and food production. Endurance is a huge update, and it'll be available for free beginning on uh, last July 20th, which also was No Man's Sky's sixth anniversary. Um, 
Do you think Hello Games is ever going to stop working on No Man's Sky, or I think they're they're going to finally say, okay, that's enough, that enough? <laughs> they worked on another thing once, and no one cared, so they went back to No Man's Sky. And it's still on Game Pass. Let me see here. Yeah, they did the last campfire, and everybody was like, eh. And then they went back to No Man's Sky. It's not No Man's Sky. A lot more of No Man's Sky. But the thing is, all this DLC is free, so it's not like they're making any money from it. Yeah. Uh, They are making money in that people are downloading it. Uh, I'm, I'm... I'm pretty sure they probably do it per download on, on not, and didn't do the one big, you know, the one big payment. I think they opted for the per download mm-hmm. from from Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If you like Space Sims and you're tired of waiting for Star Citizen and you're tired of waiting for, uh, uh, oh, God, uh, Star, uh, the other one. Yeah, Starfield. Starfield. Uh, you might as well just play this for a while. <laughs> I don't play Elite Dangerous as much because it's just gotten too samey. Yeah. But on the other hand, Elite Dangerous. But here's the thing about uh, Star Citizen. I mean, here's the thing about No Man's Sky. You can play it in 3D in VR. Yes. And they've added such cool things to it too, like not only quality of life stuff, but like the 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 vast missions that they put in there, the living ships, the. Here's the, the other thing. Go ahead. The scary stuff, the mech, the pilotable mechs, the, the, they've added so much to that game that like No Man's Sky in 2022 is unrecognizable from No Man's Sky when it launched. Here's the other thing. Uh, they did something very smart. Um, there is a, there is a campaign now, you know, a single player campaign. You never have to leave your planet to do it. You can spend the entire game on your planet, never leave it, and you'll get all of the content. So, I mean, you are forced at some point to go up to a thing, you know, to a a space station where you have to, where you can buy stuff, and that'll be your interaction with other multiplayer gamers. But that's it, you know. You never have to leave your planet. You know, if there's something, if there's a, oh, mysteriously, oh, that actually was there the entire time on your planet. So if you're the sort of person who says, you know what, um, I know there's a whole bunch of planets up there, but I'm just going to stay on this on the, my starter planet. Hey, you're going to get every, you're going to get the game and you're going to enjoy it. You don't have to leave if you don't want to. Which is strange for a game that bragged about procedural generation. But what they found out about procedural generation is that you can't tell a game how to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> you have to do some curation. That does sound like a fun challenge. Never leave the planet and just uh, see. What a challenge. It's yeah. just, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine right here. There's plenty to do. <laughs> I'm sure I'm glad to keep updating this uh, game. That's uh, really good to see. Because I know that it had a bad launch. There was a lot of backlash. Well, uh, here's the thing. Sony fucking promoted that game and made it seem like a lot more than it was going to be. And it was they forced it to be a full price game. No Man's Sky is not a full price game, even if it's even in its current state. A thirty dollar game is exactly what it is and exactly what it should be. You know. Um. And people say, well, why wouldn't? Why would you want to stay on a single planet? Well, let me put it this way: When I played World of Warcraft, I played solo for the most part. 
but it wouldn't have been the same had there been no other players. So I'm playing solo, but in a world of other people. And occasionally I'll join their groups, but usually I'll stay to myself. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm playing solo, but hey, I'm in a community. So that's basically what Star, uh, what No Man's Sky is right now. You're playing in a community. Yeah, and like, and it's and it's done such a they've done such a good job of like that was such a that was such a huge complaint about the initial thing, right? Is that you were in this world with other folks, but you actually couldn't engage with them. You were like in your own instance, and even if you went, even if by some astronomical chance you went to the same planet as another player you actually couldn't see them they they could be walking <laughs> around but like they would be like ghosted in their own instance of that planet hell you know playing fallout 76 was the same way i seldom ever saw another player and that was just a small part of the appalachia <laughs> and so to like not only build up the individual experience but like also expand and and flesh out the social experience of No Man's Sky, they've done an excellent job of doing that. Like, buildable bases, music, music creators, just social missions in which, like, some of this stuff you actually need to do with other people. Um, and it's it's cool. I, I really like what the, the concepts that they've put together for, the, for, like, their expansions to this game. And... I some one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to make the time probably after I beat Tunic, I'll crack the uh, <laughs> Man's Sky open. Yeah, and, you know, you'll beat Tunic about the time that uh, the Elder Scrolls Six is released. Yeah, that sounds about right. By the way, I found that hilarious that people were going gaga about Tim Tim quote unquote, confirming Fallout Five. I, you didn't think there was going to be a Fallout Five, really? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, where, what? And the fact that he said they're going to start working on it after Elder Scrolls 6 basically tells me, yeah, it's going to be sometime when I'm starting to receive my uh, social security checks. Probably. Well, that game is at least another, like, five to ten years off. Although, really, I mean, here's the thing. If they really wanted to, they could just tell one of the uh, studios, uh, Microsoft Studios, say, hey, go work on Fable 5 for us. I mean, not Fable 5, I mean, uh, Fallout 5 for us, please. After after you're done with Fable, do Fallout 5. Hey, uh, hey, Oblivion. (laughs) How about some New Vegas 2? New Vegas 2. Oh, I'm sorry. You're working on five different projects yourself. You're working on The Outer Worlds 2. You're working on Avowed. You're working on... uh, What else are they working on? Avowed, Worlds 2, and... Well, they just finished Grounded. They just released it, so that's good. So, yeah. Um... Uh, Scott, your turn. Okay. Star Wars Jedi Survivor has a Steam page and a potential release date. This is from PC Gamer. Star Wars Jedi Survivor finally has a Steam page reaffirming that the sequel to 2019's Soulsy Metrovania will come soon in 2023. 2023 is going to be a lit year. Apart from that, <laughs> yes, markedly sparse. You- you can thank COVID for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. There there were so many <laughs> delayed games, and oh, my gosh, I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be out then, Iudian Chronicles, Sea of Stars, Sacrifier, so many mm-hmm. other games, and it's just going to be insane. 
the system requirements only say that you'll need a 64-bit processor and operating system, and the videos and screenshots are all stuff we've seen before. The plot description only promises a tale in which our hero must stay one step ahead of the Empire's constant pursuit while dealing with the ramifications of being one of the last remaining Jedi in the galaxy. You know, as one of the last je- remaining Jedi in the galaxy, it was foretold that he would have to have a beard. Well, he's not. He's not. Uh, he has a beard. He's not Obi Wan. So, yeah. Uh, recently, Sony's Walled Garden suggests Jedi Survivor is set for a March release date. Given the Fallen Order was released simultaneously on PC and consoles, it is likely that this also gives us a clear uh, clue as to when we can expect the game to land on our shores. Yeah, forget that March thing. March March is always a placeholder date because that's the end of the fiscal year. So don't worry right. about that. Um, but um, who? Okay, have we all played uh, uh, Fallen here? A uh, Fallen Order? I have. Yes. Jay, did you play Fallen Order? I've never gotten around to it. Wow! Look at you, TJ. All these games that are just piling up, and this is a, this is a Souls Metrovania. <laughs> Star Wars stuff doesn't really like. I don't know. There's there's really only a handful of Star Wars games I've really ever gotten down for. Um, okay. One of them was That's fine. I like the flying stuff. Like I like Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Battlefront was okay, but I mo- but again, I mostly enjoyed the flying stuff there as opposed to the ground combat. Oh, you know what? You just reminded me I should play some more Star Wars Squadron in VR. Um, and then like the FMV games from way way back in the day, like Rogue uh, <laughs> Rebel Assault. I loved those games. Yeah, all of them aping on Wing Commander's uh, coattails. I, I loved uh, X Commander is freeform co- like travel and combat, right? Yeah, but it had all the movies in it with Mark Hamill, no less. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I was that thinking. One. I was thinking of Rebel Assault, where like you actually have like these FMV sections of the game, where like they did a uh, full motion video cutscenes, and then you had like shooting galleries with the characters. Yeah, I did a lot of uh, Tie Fighter versus X Wing back in the day. That's a good one, too. I like that game. I mean, everybody raved about TIE Fighter, but I never played TIE Fighter. So I kind of wish if they were going to do another Star Wars game, then they would do, like, a new version of uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. Yeah. But here's the thing. We should all be happy that, once again, there is a single-player experience being released. You know, by EA, no less. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this one I enjoyed. The Fallen Order, it was fun. I got to feel like a Jedi. You know, it's all, all you can really ask for. Um, yeah, uh, for those, uh, don't play it like Souls. Play it like Tenchu or a Sekiro. The goal is not to dodge roll, it is to deflect. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to the next item. Sprint, uh, Splinter Cell VR and Ghost Recon Frontline Cancel. This comes from Yuri Gamer. Euro Gamer. Following today's news that Ubisoft's Avatar's Frontiers of Pandora has been delayed and will no longer release along, alongside uh, James Cameron's Avatar sequel this December, the publisher announced that a number of significant changes to its ro- recent roster, with Splinter Cell VR and Ghost, Con- uh, Ghost Recon Frontline now officially canceled alongside two previously unannounced games. Ubisoft shared the news during its latest earnings call, saying it's only, it, 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 only saying it had to make the decision to cancel all four titles after taking into account the more quote-unquote uncertain av- economic av- environment. With Avatar now delayed and four games scrubbed from its roster, uh, the games that are coming out are the exclu- Switch exclusive Ra- or Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, 
coming on October 20th because we all need some more uh, rabid murdering XCOM style. Uh, Long in the works pirate game Skull and Bones. And it's going to compete with Sea of Thieves. It just makes me wonder. And you also have the new stealth-focused Assassin's Creed game coming in September, which was formerly a Valhalla expansion. It takes place in Baghdad. I think it's uh, Assassin's Creed Baghdad. Uh, beyond that, things get a lot murkier. Uh, Ubisoft's trouble. The Settlers reboot is still awaiting a release date, which is infuriating because how can you fuck up the Settlers? And you also have the equally troubled Prince of Persia Sands of Times remake. And again, how can you fuck up a remaster? Also awaiting release dates are the free-to-play Division uh, spinoff Heartland. I don't care. And uh, then you have um, the Splinter Cell remake, the Star Wars game, and Beyond Good and Evil 2, which will come out after Fallout 5, I'm pretty sure. Does, does anybody does anybody even care about Beyond Good and Evil 2 now? Is, there, does anybody even, is it even registering on anybody's brain? Um, I'm still interested, but like only in the way that like, I don't know. I, so this bloodlines two will come out before that game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to see it happen. Like I, I really would. I would love to see beyond good and evil Two finally happen (laughs) and, and make it out there. I don't have, at least it's being made by the same, uh, the original developer. I mean, same guy. Well, I don't have faith in the current state of Ubisoft is what I was going to no, get to. No, because uh, here's the thing. They're talking about all this financial de- – yeah, Ubisoft, why don't you talk about the Uf- uh, the NFTs that you still want to bring out? Well, that and Skull and Bones kind of st- – <laughs> it doesn't look good. I'll just put it out there. It doesn't look very good. It looks like uh, it looks like Sea of Thieves without the fun. <laughs> um. I don't like the idea that you can't like from the gameplay thing that they showed us recently. I don't like the idea that you can't actually act as an individual on your pirate ship. You like have every, every player has control of one ship and the whole crew on board. And you just like move between different parts of the ship. Like you either move between steering or move to the lookout or move to shooting cannons. No, I want to, I want to be together with, I want to form a crew with my buddies and like one person pilots, one person mans the cannons, one person does lookout. And like, we just go around messing up shit and doing pirate stuff. You know what? There is a game out there that was released 10 years ago called guns of Icarus online, which is five bucks. Yes. 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 (laughs) This formula has been solved. It's been solved. Well, and and like Guns of Icarus is such a good example of of multiplayer ship piloting and combat, and and yet they insist upon this thing in which every character controls one ship, and it's like it doesn't look fun. And they have like these canned animations when you engage in combat with another ship, like where if you run into another ship, you just have this canned animation of your crew jumping on board their shit and stabbing them and cutting them up and stuff. It's like, I actually want to do that. I want to get into a sword fight with another guy. Why can't I do that? Uh, It didn't look good. And, and I'm not, and like, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're eventually gonna find a way to wedge NFTs into Skull and Bones. 
Anyway, <laughs> I I just I have very little faith in Ubisoft right now. They they have not impressed me for years at this point. You know, the way they're going, I'm wondering if Microsoft is starting, well, let's see, who else should I buy? Oh, Ubisoft. Yeah. I mean, because they're devaluing their own company to make it possible. I mean, you know that Microsoft is seriously considering, except they don't want to buy it until like a year or two after uh, the Activision Blizzard is in their fold, and they've convinced people they're not a monopoly. Outside of the uh, outside of the Mario Rabbids games, which I don't count as fully Ubisoft because I think that Nintendo has a heavy hand in that. Uh, I cannot think of a single Ubisoft game that has wowed me in years. Well. And they made a Rayman game for crying out loud. Rayman Origins. <laughs> it's not. That was a while ago. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that's sad. I there's a lot of good there's a lot of good <coughs> in Ubisoft, but I feel like it's just Ubisoft is in danger of ga- going the way of Konami, where they just don't understand how to utilize their IP effectively. I don't know. I'm thinking about Bungie right now and their new third-person action game, and the description is just making me say, oh, it's another one. Mm-hmm. Bungie, just just make a Halo clone, a single-player Halo clone with multiplayer. Don't, don't, stop, stop trying to, stop trying to make something new. If you're going to make something new, make, well, they don't own Oni anymore, so that's, that's sad. That's, if, if Bungie's going to make a new game, make, make Oni 2, make another Oni and I know there's be, a lot of people who... That would be an interesting thing to pull back from the grave. Yeah, or a myth. Just make sure it doesn't wipe your hard drive when you play it. I know a lot of people are saying, what? <laughs> Look up myth 2? Hard drive, hard drive wipe. <laughs> One of the most disastrous bugs ever in a game. <laughs> yes, this game just wiped your entire hard drive. Congrats. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to uh, listener feedback. Go ahead, TJ. Okay. This comes from Ralph on episode 655. Hi, guys. Thanks for the episode. I have not been in, I have not been playing a lot because I'm much more in. I am more into watching movies and TV shows and ga- instead of gaming. But I played some Magic: The Gathering Arena at least. Plague Tale. This looks really nice. Let's see when it comes out and if I will find time for it. Minecraft Legends. I could not think of much, uh, of much things which interest me less than this. Well, here's the thing. What's interesting about Minecraft Legends is that it's going to be multi-platform mm-hmm. on everything. And it looks like everything that people wanted, both Story Mode and Minecraft, the other Minecraft game, uh, Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft roguelike, to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, This looks like... Uh Basically, you get to build a lot, and you build up your base, and you get to you know, command your legions, and you still seem to have a story going on, fighting against the Nether, and you know this was, you know, just yeah, this is exactly what I wanted in story mode. So I'm looking forward to this game. Moving on. All right, Sonic. I was never into all the Sonic games. It's too chaotic and fast for me. Don't like games like that. I totally get that because, like, yeah. Sonic's 
Sonic's most key element is also often its worst element in which here's the thing a lot of it is um you know uh, uh leap of faith store stuff mm-hmm. you know and one of the things that's um that the uh, fan fan remakes did was they took out a bit of that you know they made it less guessing it kept the speed but it they shrunk the thing so you could see more of what was coming ahead of you so you, it wasn't like Oh, I wonder what happens if I jump here. Oh, I hit something. You know. Yeah, and like like I said, it's 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 most key element is also some often its worst element because when everything is moving as fast as the Sonic game does, it's nearly impossible to react to any of it, and often the game breaks. Like there are so many instances of like trying to go around a loop only for like Sonic to just like fly off into space because the game was like, wait, wait, what's going on? Just, oh, it's worse when you're slow in the loop and he just plops back down. It's like, Oh yeah. And, uh, and yeah, like I, there are working Sonic games. I think Sonic generations is a good Sonic game. Um, I think Sonic Mania is another good Sonic game. There are also oh, a lot that's, of that's not Sonic Team though. <laughs> there are also I think Sonic Generations is a, is a good one though. Like Sonic Colors Ultimate was also a pretty good one in my opinion. But there is something to be said for like the sheer jankiness of a bad Sonic game and how much right, Sonic Boom comedy those games produce. Sonic Boom. <laughs> but uh, moving on, German language. It's even harder if you're a native speaker to hear and feel how our language is going down more and more. More slang and English words. It's sad that the youth does not even want to talk of, talk real German. They have their own language. Which is not entirely true because there's always going to be loan words. I mean, there's a lot of English words or basically foreign words that we use, you know, especially Yiddish. English uses a lot of Yiddish. Yeah. And French. I mean, that reminds me of, like, what's going on in Quebec right now, where they're trying to make the official language French, and it's driving a lot of English speakers out of the out of the area. Well, we were, that was, he's, refer, he's responding to that episode that we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, smart TVs. I really love all of this functionality. Not even the TVs. I made a lot of autom- I made a lot automated in my home. I love my Harmony, and I did a lot with Alexa and some routines. Sure, it's just for fun, but I love it. I have a th- I have an LG 4K 3D HDR smart TV. It was freaking expensive, but the quality is awesome. Connected is a new uh, Denon AVR receiver and a and a five and a five point one Teufel sound system. Now I speak German, Teufel. I uh, was Teufel. Teufel, which means devil. There you go. <laughs> uh, please stay healthy and keep on with the interesting work. I wonder if Teufel is is um, is is Dolby in in Germany. Hmm. You know, like a. I have to look that up at some point. Um, he has a 3D TV. I wonder how, how often he gets to use, uh, make use of that. Just wondering. Does any does anybody really watch any 3D TV anymore? No. Here's the thing. I'm about to I'm about to upgrade my phone, and it'll have 8K video. Fat lot. It's gonna good. It's gonna do me. I mean, who? Who has 8K screens right now? I mean, I see them for sale, and I could actually afford one if I wanted to, but they're too big for my room. So, when they when the 8K screens become 41 or 45 inches, then I'll buy them. But for now, I'll stay with 4K. But I'll make some 8K videos for YouTube. There's a, here's a question: Do either of you have? Have as your main TV a 1080p TV? 
I guess it's 1080p. I don't know. I have a 4K or you TV. Have... I don't know anybody who has a um, who uses a uh, when they go out to buy a TV. They say I'm gonna I'm looking for a 1080p TV. Mm, I look for that in monitors, just like. I, uh, I have a 2K monitor. Yeah, I'd like to get my hands on a 2K monitor eventually, but for my for what I for the the space I have in the room I have for my PC area, uh, 1080p is works well for me. Not for me because here's the thing: if I want to record something, and it's really strange with OD, oh, oh, damn it, OBS. It's really strange OBS that um, if you want to record something. In say uh, 4K, it's not gonna it's not gonna do it unless you have a, a 4K TV for some reason. Naturally, I don't know, but I like I said, I, I don't need a 4K monitor just yet. But a 2K monitor is just dandy, and it's not big at all. It's uh, there's like a 30 inch screen maybe. Uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback. Please comment on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, this up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. I'm at Johnny Chugs. I'm at Charger Moore. And we will see you next week when I talk about As Dusk Falls, which just came out. Nice. Have you played it? I have not yet. Okay, it's getting rave, rave, rave reviews, and it's on Game Pass, so I might as well. <laughs> Happy Game I tried... Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to... I thought we were at the tagline. Sorry. It's fine. You can say it if you want to. Well, if you had more to say, I was just going to let you finish. No, I'm fine. Go ahead. Okay. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. <laughs>